0: The show we're talking about life as we know it welcome to simple money solutions podcast your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices my name's Courtney and I'm your host and I'm joined as always with my co-host Trevor and today on the show we're talking about life as we know it
1: and this seems like a, a dramatic topic right it, it sounds super dramatic but I think we're in a pretty dramatic situation. Would, uh, would you agree, Courtney? Definitely.
0: This is something we haven't seen in any of our lives.
1: Well, I'm going to say this hasn't happened in maybe a hundred years.
0: Definitely. It is, it's, it's, and, and, and I think that is what make this, makes the this situation so novel.
1: And we don't even need to say, this is how significant it is. We don't even need to say what's happening. It's, it's obvious what's happening.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely something that wherever we are, it is a part, it has to be a part of our day to day life.
1: Well, and you know, the significance of a situation, if it touches every aspect of your life, we can talk about finance on this podcast, and this clearly is touching everybody financially, but it's also touching you from a health standpoint, from a relationship standpoint. I mean, this is touching every aspect of your life. So you take the social distancing, this is going to really test relationships without question. And then you take your health. Everyone's concerned, obviously, if if you get this, people are actually dying. So, I mean, this is without question. Your health concerns should be front and center. Money problems, they're going to come, but focus on your health first.
0: So, that really leads into the core of today's episode. And a good place to start, actually, my first big question is, how do we even start by to assess our current situation?
1: So like I said, this is a health crisis right now. And without question, there is going to be a financial crisis to follow. And it will be, I I predict this will be the financial crisis of all financial crisis that, that our generation will, had ever seen and will ever see. This is This is going to be scorched earth at an insane level. And I I don't want to be a fear monger, but if you pay even a remote attention to the financial markets and what's going on with employment, I think this is going to be a pretty, I'm going to say recession for sure, but who knows where it goes. But to talk about solutions, as our podcast is called Simple Money Solutions, I think would be insensitive to talk about financial solutions when the problem hasn't even unfolded yet. Like the, there's no sense coming up with a solution when the financial problem hasn't even peaked, or we don't even know how long this is going to last. So who knows how big the financial problem gets? And in terms of government aid in Canada, it is changing daily. What the, what the government is is proposing and offering everybody in Canada, and, and the rules to to which you would qualify for the various programs are changing daily. So I, I have no idea like, to have a solution to this problem right now would be a, a complete waste of time.
0: I think it's safe to say that in times of uncertainty, we are always searching for solutions. And from your perspective, while it's it's almost impossible, as you said, to offer up solutions because we are in a health crisis, when it does come to the financial side of things, I mean, I, where are where do we stand? Are, are we should we be focusing entirely on, as you said, the health side of things before we can even focus on the financial side of things at a more individual personal level?
1: If you're thinking about your financial situation and how it's deteriorated, everybody's has it's important to not look at it from a silo perspective. Meaning, don't look at it as how your situation has changed. It's obviously obviously got worse. If you have to look at personal finance or your finance in general as a relative measurement, relative to society. So your wealth is a relative measure of society in general and your job security in fact is is a relative measurement. You know, a month ago you might have been in what was a very secure employment and now it's who who knows? It's precarious. You don't know if you're if you're off work, if you're going to have a job to go back to. It's important to understand that everybody is in this this situation so i don't know if there's any comfort in that but i know you can't go see people but talk to to people your family your friends your relatives your co-workers talk to them virtually of course don't go see them when you start to understand that everybody has got this same thing going on there's a there's a phrase out there that rising tide lifts all boats and obviously that's a good thing right so if something good happens in the economy you know, There's things that can happen to economy that everyone will benefit from. Well, lowering tides lowers all boats. So we have a tide that's coming down and everybody is being affected at some aspect equally. Like when some people still have the jobs, some people don't. But I think when this whole thing's said and done, we, we will all have suffered some reduction in, in, in employment before this is over. So we will all have suffered some degree of unemployment.
0: And in saying that, To reflect on what you just said, we talk a lot about on the show how it is easy to get wrapped up in comparisons between ourselves and others, but if the situation has definitely brought that sense of unity to light in that, and almost, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but a sense of openness around our ability to discuss the the turmoil, turmoil of our personal finance situation.
1: Well, you you raise a good point. So you said, I, I'm not a big fan of comparison. So when I say these are, are relative measurements, I'm not saying go and check with your, your your neighbors and friends and see how much money they're down in their investments or how uh, uncertain their their employment is. Don't do that comparison, but just understand that those are relative things relative to society. You, you know, there, there's an expression out there, and I, I've said this on the podcast, but I, I love this one not an expression, a theory, it's a theory. So if you took all the money in the world and you divided it up equally amongst all the people in the world, so I don't know, there's 6 billion people or something, if you took all the money in the whole world and divided it equally and gave every single person an equal amount of money, in 20 years, that money would end up back in the exact same hands it started with. And there's a reason. The reason is the people who who figured out how to build wealth they're not going to forget how to build wealth, and the people who who love debt and and, and living beyond their means, they're not going to all of a sudden figure out how to live within their means. Like they're not going to all of a sudden become smarter because they came into a bunch of money. And the person who who knows how to build wealth, they're not going to forget how to build wealth because they lost a whole bunch of money. So just keep that in mind. It's it's important to understand that that you still have a toolbox of wealth building skills and. They, they're not gone just because a, a whole bunch of your wealth has disappeared.
0: Now, that's a really, really fabulous point. You mentioned so you mentioned savings, that's something we won't forget. Are there any other things like that that maybe we subconsciously forgot we didn't have? And, and on the flip side, do you think this is an opportunity to maybe develop those skills that we maybe hadn't previously developed or even work further at cultivating them?
1: This is an opportunity to become incredibly resourceful. This is, if, you, if you have not developed a resourcefulness, this, this is the day to begin. <laughs> Without question, you know, become resourceful. The way our social isolation is going and, and people t- uh, being asked to stay at home, I mean, if you're doing everything your government's telling you to do, there's very little opportunity to spend money. I'm going to say discretionary money. There's very little opportunity to spend money on frivolous things. Under the current situation. So I wouldn't work on developing that skill right now because you're it's kind of being imposed on you. And you might get a false sense that you've actually developed this, this ability to to not spend money on on stupid things when really the opportunity to spend money on stupid things has either disappeared or greatly reduced. Don't even don't even work on that skill because you, you just have a false sense of, hey, I've got this. <laughs> and, and you don't. But becoming resourceful is you can become resourceful in in the kitchen. I mean, not wanting to expose yourself to other people. You don't go grocery shopping. You become resourceful on making meals. I mean, there, there's an opportunity to be resourceful. Something breaks in your house. You don't want to call somebody to come in and fix it. You're going you to have to become resourceful and try to repair things in your home yourself. So these are opportunities to be resourceful in that manner for sure.
0: As you said that there's a no limited opportunity to spend money frivolously, we, we can't disregard uh online shopping in in saying that as well but
1: i don't know if you've looked on amazon but i've talked to people who have been doing retail therapy on amazon and they're buying like they've never bought before so you're right that's happening but getting that stuff delivered it's taking a long time to deliver is what is the word on the street
0: i I i do believe that with the increase in demand of their products so that that does make sense i think a big question on all of our minds right now is the state of our employment. So should we be concerned about our employment and maybe what we're coming back to or, or where we are right now?
1: Well, I think with, when it comes to your employment, I think a lot of people in certain industries, they should be thinking about the future in a different way. So if, for instance, if you work in the restaurant industry, I don't know if that's ever going to be the same. Or it's going to be a long time before it it actually gets back to where it was. So if you're in the hospitality industry, just say you worked on a cruise ship. I don't know about you, Courtney, but I'm not buying a ticket for a cruise ship for quite some time. Oh, for sure. I mean, I may never go on a cruise. I've never been on one and I may never go on one. I mean, those stories are tragic. If you worked in the cruise line industry, you might want to think about another cruise Career path, so th- that's an example. But I think it's important if you're worried about your employment, you have to look at it at a macro level. Don't inquire your employer on on how their business is. You need to be looking at how your industry is doing as a whole. So, whatever, if you're a, I don't know, in the automaking industry, if you work in in the as an for an automaker, you need to look at how's the auto industry doing or the energy sector. If you work in the energy sector, clearly that one's going to suffer big time. But you, you don't look at how your employer's doing, because you need to look at, at the macro thing. How is, so you could look at it kind of, how is the economy doing in my town or city? So you could look at that way. Is my town or city suffering more than, than any other town or city in the country? And how is your industry doing in the country and in the world? You know, there's a lot of news out there. So you, you obviously find a trusted news outlet. But try to look at your employment situation through the eyes of your employer, you really need to look at it and say, if I were running this company, how quickly would I would I be wanting to call back my employees given the industry we are in? And I think that's the, the best way to look at it.
0: And you did mention, so you mentioned obviously the, the cruise ship example. And I mean, you're talking then about a kind of a whole sales shift in your entire career. So that's, that's one example of one industry. But do you think that's going to be something that is
1: widespread? I do. I, I don't think this is, this isn't going to end with somebody turning a switch on and the lights come back on and boom, we're, we're rolling. I can't see a scenario where, where it comes back like that. I, I picture this. So an employer just say, you know, we get the green light to certain industries are allowed to start back up and they're going to call back employees on an as needed basis. They're not going to, they're not going to just say, okay, everybody come on back we're, we're turning the lights on and we're ready to go. They're going to be assessing the demand for their product and they will call back employees as the demand requires. This thing, it it shut off basically overnight. It's going to start back up very slowly. There's a, there's a, another expression out there that the economy takes the elevator on the way down. (laughs) When the economy is going down, the, they're taking the elevator and they take the stairs on the way up. This thing shut down overnight. What you're going to, you got consumer confidence is what you need that this thing's over. And you need the demand for whatever your company sells or makes or produces. You need that demand to be there and be real. Your, your employer has to say, this this is not just a spike or temporary. We're seeing constant demand for our product. Let's call back more employees. That's how this thing turns back on. And that's a slow, painful ride.
0: And uh, definitely one like you mentioned that we will all be in together, which is really unique for this type of situation in that one could say that there is a a stigma around or a negative connotation around being laid off or having had and maybe not going being able to go back to work but i think we are all kind of more in it together than we ever have been so i think that doesn't normalize a situation but it definitely takes away some of that um, perceived uh, negativity around that situation
1: courtney you have not been through a recession ever right? no as an adult, no, as a working adult, you've never seen a recession. So I seen the early '90s, so there was a recession, and then I seen 2001, there was a recession, and then the Great Recession of 2008, 2009. I lived through that one as well, and I can so there's three recessions. I I've lived through as a as a working adult, and I can honestly say those all had some. They they all they all happened for different reasons, but the decline and the the restarting of it, there was some predictability to how long it was going to last. The experts had opinions, and they were not spot on, but they were in the ballpark. And when the the government would or the the experts would start to call the recovery, and and when they called the recovery, it it kind of did happen as as the experts called it. Nobody's got an answer to this one. Nobody knows when the health crisis is going to be over, and the financial crisis is going to be. We don't even know when the financial crisis is going to begin here's what you know that when you're in a, a financial recession or a financial crisis is when people lose their jobs so what's happened right now is people have been sent home that's not in the traditional sense they've been sent home because the government says you can't work you know you're not an essential service so it's, it's not like it's not like there was no demand for your product and it's not like your employer didn't want you to work it's the government saying you know you have to go home so this is a recession has never started this way. So, the, but we're going to, you're going to keep getting paid. Everyone's going to get a paycheck. This is not, so nobody's lost their job yet. This is the thing. The job loss will happen when the health crisis is over and the government stops writing checks to give to everybody the money. And they say, okay, everyone can go back to work now. So whenever that happens or people can start to go back to work, I, I don't know how that looks, but employers say, okay, we only need half of you guys. So now you have real job loss at that point. People really don't have jobs and the industries were, were, that were booming like the grocery stores who are just booming because people are panicking about food there's going to be a uh, there's a huge supply in everyone's house so there's going to be this even that that industry is going to suffer short term but when when you don't get called back to work when the green lights turned on and you know this the safety flag is put up or however it's announced the people that don't, don't get called to work that's real job loss those are the people who are unemployed at that point. So we're not even there yet.
0: So really, it's this phenomenon is really heading in two ways. The health crisis is really the first wave. And then the long-lasting impacts of the economy is really that second wave. And it'll be, from the sounds of it, I think long-lasting.
1: Well, it depends what kind of stimulus package. You know, the 2008-2009 recession, it was pretty dramatic financially. And it should have lasted a long time, given the severity of it. But the government, all the governments of the world, particularly okay in Canada, they did some. In the United States, they did a lot. The governments stimulated the economy with so much money that it rebounded quickly. So who knows? There could be this could be the, the mother of all stimulus packages coming down the road and this thing could come back quickly for that reason who knows
0: yeah definitely and i wanna i want to circle all the way back to the idea so the idea that maybe we all won't be called back to our work which in, in 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 saying that then it calls for some kind of change or pivot in our previous dreams and aspirations
1: I think given the circumstances we we always talk about have a goal have some sort of aspiration in life this could be the time where you want to change those. You need to pivot. So if you had a dream or aspiration or or some sort of career aspiration, this might, you know, trying to, to stick to that plan, given the circumstances might not be in the short term, might not be your best path. You may need to pivot. You may need to, because if, if your dreams required a lot of, you know, if your dreams hinged on a really good paying job that you no longer have, this might be time to pivot and, and change your goals, alter your goals, given the circumstances.
0: And I, I want to, sorry, I'm circling around here, but I want to go back to talking about the idea that we haven't seen something like this before. I mean, and you you talked about recessions, you talked about the recessions that you've experienced and lived through, and how this is a whole new phenomenon of its own. So, I mean, has has the intensity of maybe a recession that you've lived through prepared you for today at, at any sense
1: No I, I think this is a new high water mark if you, if you think of a a waterfront property in when you see a new high water mark you should be concerned about your your property right the, if the water level's always been at this point and now it's it's, it's 2 feet above that that's a new high water mark meaning a disaster like this has, I'm going to say, for everybody alive today, has never happened. And and when you hit a new wa- wa- high water mark, society, they're not expecting, nobody was expecting you to be prepared for a global pandemic. I, I don't think so. I don't think, like all the things we said on this podcast, I never once said, oh, and also be prepared for the global pandemic. That was advice I was never giving to anybody. But... Now that this is the new high mark, you, from this point forward, when this thing's over, you will be expected to be prepared for a global pandemic. If you think of the people from the Great Depression in the 1930s, they did things that made no sense to somebody who didn't live through that. They stockpiled things that just did not reason check with somebody who didn't experience the Great Depression. And those people, because they lived through it, they would be embarrassed and ashamed if they weren't prepared for the next depression. That's, that's how, when you talk to them, that's how they, like, you know, you, people always had these grandmothers who who had just stockpiles of canned food in their basement. Just, they do their own canning, like, in jars, and they have stockpiles of everything. And and you'd say, why do you do this? Or or they'd say, you know, my grandmother's crazy. She just, she's worried about something that's never going to happen. But if you, I love talking to older people, older generations, because I'm a history nut and those people are just oozing with real history. So I love talking to those people and if you listen to them and you listen to the fear they have of never being exposed again to this. So this is going to change our society going forward. There's people who won't change, but I think for a lot of us, me included, I'm going to be prepared beyond prepared for the next global pandemic. I hope it never happens. But I would be ashamed and embarrassed if this came again and I was not prepared.
0: I could not agree more with that. And I think we've all we all have an appreciation for that. Th- what you just said based on our current experiences now. My final question for you for today's episode is the idea of normalcy and and should we and should we wait for things to get back to that point before? Before we kind of decide what direction we want to take with with the change that maybe we want to encompass within our own lives,
1: I'm going to say then there's going to be a new normal in our society without question. We it can't go back to the way it was. There's there's no chance. The people who who had I'm going to say underlying health problems, so the the most most vulnerable people to this virus, those people, I mean. That was just an inconvenience prior to this pandemic. You know, the, the underlying health issue, people, I think, will look after their health at a whole other level. And I'm not, I'm not saying that people didn't look after their health, but people will really focus on being healthy, staying healthy. I think there, that is going to be something pe- people are, everyone's going to know somebody who is affected by this. And right now, the predominant message is it's, it's really hitting people with underlying health issues the hardest. And so if if you can do everything you can to, to keep your, eat, eat a really good diet and get lots of exercise, those were good ideas before. I think going forward, those are going to be like, again, it, it's the being prepared for the next one. So being in good health or controlling all aspects of your personal health will be paramount without question. Being, living below your means is going to be the norm for a lot of people. Like there's going to be, All the people are going to be exposed to who are living beyond their means or or, or spending every penny they earned. Those people, unfortunately, are going to be fully exposed in this thing. And I I think those people will will want to live below their means going forward. So I think if you're waiting for things to get back to normal, you're going to be waiting a long time. They may get back to where we are prior pandemic, who knows, but it's going to be a long wait. So you should look for a new normal. Or you should plan for your own new normal. New normal in every aspect of your life. It's not going to be a uh, turn the lights on and hey, we're back to where we were. Those lights are going to start to come on very dim and they'll get brighter and brighter slowly. I I can't see how normal ever comes anytime soon.
0: So you predict that general consumption and spending patterns and habits will be altered at a whole societal level.
1: I, I think they will. And even if, the peop- even if the people don't want to change, the lending institutions, if they were lending money to people maybe who were not 100% credit worthy, or, or you know, they're going to reassess credit worthy. The lending institutions, there's going to be so much debt failure that goes on after this thing that the the loaning of money will be scrutinized at a higher level. So even if you don't want to live on credit, or, or stop living on credit, you're not going to qualify as mu- for as much credit as you did previously. This is a prediction. I mean obviously I don't know.
0: I think uh, b- based on that then I think there's definitely it, it, from a f- personal finance aspect, I think it the, the, I think the way it, like you're saying that we will approach spending and saving and just our, our, our decisions will be dramatically altered after.
1: you know it just as a closing thought I, I, I want to say. I think we're going to move from a society that values convenience and comfort and we're going to become a society that values safety and security.
0: And on that note, that brings us the end of today's show on life as we know it. We'll see you back here with a brand new episode. Until then, keep it simple.